All right. We ready to podcast? Let's do it. Let's do this. Let's do it. <clears throat> Hey everyone, welcome to Principles for Principles, a new podcast for school leaders to share, learn, and connect about current ideas and best practices in school leadership. If you're a school or district administrator, you're in the right place. Whether you're a veteran or novice leader, this podcast is for you. We can't wait to share tips and resources in developing or fine-tuning your leadership skills. We're your hosts, Erin Dare and Jeff Warshaw from the San Diego County Office of Education. And today we're gonna to talk about classroom observations and feedback with our colleague and executive leadership coach, Joe Frescatore. Joe's here to discuss the importance for school leaders to conduct observations and provide timely feedback to teachers using the 5D instructional framework. Hi, Joe, welcome to the show. Th thank you, great, great to be here. Well, thanks for being our first guest on Principles for Principles. Uh, as you know, we asked you to join us today to talk about the importance of classroom observations and providing timely feedback to teachers. So tell us why that's important and what are some initial thoughts you have about this topic? Sure. Uh, thanks for having me here today. Um, you know, you both know me and know that I never miss an opportunity to talk about high quality teaching and learning, uh, the 5D and the leader's role in supporting that work. Uh, the most precise answer to your question about the purpose and importance of school leaders to conduct classroom observations, provide timely feedback, is really to be an extra set of eyes on instruction, uh, to help the teacher grow their practice by helping them see into their instruction and how it impacts student learning. Uh, when I'm observing and providing feedback, I really do believe in taking a strengths and evidence-based stance, which really means that the feedback is free of my opinion and provides evidence of the teacher's actions and what it caused for students. Ideally, this feedback is aligned to a practice that the teacher has expressed an interest in growing. Um, and the leader knows these things by being present in the classrooms, building relationships with teachers and students. So being in classrooms, learning alongside one another, it's really part of the culture of the school. Uh, there's a Marzano quote, uh, Marzano and, and his uh, uh, colleagues, a quote that speaks to this really uh, and resonates with me. And it says that frequent observation leads to less, not more apprehension. So even if you don't know precisely what practice the teacher's trying to grow, feedback can be aligned to the school's instructional focus based on professional learning and agreements about what practice and strategies we, we as a school are working to approximate to impact student learning. That makes good sense. And it also kind of leads me to the next question, which has to do with how to sort of frame conversations around that. So let's talk about the idea of an instructional framework and how that might help with observations and feedback. I know you're a big fan of the five dimensions of teaching and learning framework. So tell us a little bit about the 5D, what it is and how we might use it to guide leadership actions. Sure. Um, yeah, uh, I do hold the 5D near and dear to my heart because it really is a lens, a, it's really your guide uh, for your lens on high quality teaching and learning. So the 5D, um, as you said, the five dimensions of teaching and learning, it's an instructional framework developed by the University of Washington Center for Educational Leadership, and it's grounded in the research on elements of high quality teaching and learning. There are five dimensions, 13 sub-dimensions within, within those dimensions. And the dimensions are purpose, student engagement, curriculum and pedagogy, 
uh, assessment for student learning and classroom environment and culture. Uh, the 5D is designed with vision statements aligned to each dimension. Um, I refer to these vision statements as descriptors of the ideal state. And then there are guiding questions. And those guiding questions help to give insight into the vision statements. They really help to hone observation and evidence collection around the elements of the ideal state. It really is a, a very incredibly valuable tool. It gives language to the elements of high quality teaching and learning. And from there, you would then drill down into what these elements look and sound like in action, aligned to the instructional core. And the instructional core speaks to what the adult and the students are doing and saying in service of the content and task. It informs what learning the adults and students need to help us get closer to the ideal state. The 5D truly sharpens an observer's lens on elements of high quality teaching and learning aligned to the elements of the instructional focus. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate you talking us through what the five dimensions of teaching and learning framework is all about. Let me ask you, how does the 5D guide teacher feedback? So I'll start the, the, the response to that question and I'll speak in terms of the most ideal state. So in the most ideal state, uh, the 5D would really become the common language shared understanding as our guide on elements of high quality teaching and learning. It would live at the center of the planning table as lessons are being designed and developed. Teachers would be working to hone their practice aligned to these elements. Uh, teachers would self-assess their practice against um, really aligned to the area of focus on the 5D and partner with the observer to seek feedback in that growth area. Uh, now, even if the ideal state description isn't the current reality yet, uh, the 5D can be used as a lens on observation evidence and feedback can be provided to the teacher based on the research-based elements. We all know we see a lot when we're observing and we take descriptive evidence on all the moving parts of the lesson. So the 5D can help to hone our feedback aligned to an area we wanna grow in as a site, or even more broadly, ensure that we're providing feedback aligned to research-based practices, uh, where, wherever they connect to the 5D. So Feedback is more and more effective as it gets closer and closer to the site's focus and when the teacher's involved in seeking the feedback on an area of growth. But until that's the reality, the 5D will still hone observation and feedback aligned to these research-based practices. And that's a starting point to using an instructional framework to serve common language, shared understanding on these elements of high-quality teaching and learning. Uh, one, one more generalized um, but related note I'll make about the value of feedback. Uh, research shows that feedback is most effective when it causes the recipient to think and when it's just in time and just right for me. Well, I think that's great feedback for our listeners. So thanks, Joe. Let me ask you one, another question. If you were just starting with the 5D, what advice would you give? All right. So, well, well, we don't want to keep the 5D a secret. I would tell a leader, you know, this, this is not a secret document here. We don't want to keep it a secret, but I think it's important for the leader or the observer to get comfortable using the 5D, um, to internalize the value, to make meaning of its use uh, before sharing it at large. Uh, there are multiple starting points for that. And one is to start by thinking about your instructional focus or what data informed area of focus are you working on as a site? Write that down. Be really clear about your focus. 
then start going through the 5D vision statements, which are the descriptors of the ideal state, and identify elements that relate most closely to your area of focus. Even start by looking through one dimension. Maybe it's student engagement, maybe it's purpose, classroom environment and culture. You'll be able to broaden your scope of time, but I think it's smart to start with one dimension first, you know, and then try it on with that dimension. Uh, once you identify a few descriptors or vision statements that relate most closely to your area of focus, ask yourself and write it down, what will this look and sound like when you see that descriptor reach its full potential? What will the teacher, the adults in the classroom be doing and saying? What will the students be doing and saying? From there, read through the guide questions and you'll identify prompts that you can ask yourself to help hone your lens on observation. It's always recommended to take broad descriptive evidence when you're observing a classroom um, aligned to what the teacher and the students are doing and saying, but it's also important to have some sense of what you wanna make sure you're collecting evidence around. So I'll give you an example on that. So if one of the descriptors connected to your area of focus says, and I'm taking this from the 5D, a student talk embodies substantive and intellectual thinking. So if that aligns to our focus, I'm gonna look at the related guiding questions. And one of them says, what does student talk reveal about the nature of student thinking? So when I'm in the classroom, in addition to taking broad descriptive evidence, I'm also gonna to wanna to be sure to capture as much evidence as possible about what, about what the students are actually saying. From there, after you leave the classroom, you can analyze the descriptive evidence to find parts of the lesson um, on the part of the teacher and or the student that provides you insight into this particular teacher at that moment in time, where that teacher is with regard to your ideal area of focus. We clearly know that we need multiple observations across multiple classrooms to make any determination about next steps for professional growth, but this is a great starting point. During this time, you're becoming familiar and comfortable with the 5D, and then in time, it can be shared with the ILT, PLCs, and ultimately the whole school team, as it becomes really that common language, shared understanding of elements of high quality teaching and learning. And we can all use it as a guide at that point for planning, self-assessment, observation, feedback, and more. That's really helpful, Joe, and I appreciate the way you've spoken to the, the sort of gradual progression from learning it as a leader myself to using it to feed that common language and common understanding that we want to breed across our entire school and system. So seeing how you can break that down into some incremental steps really is, is gives, gives us some tangible next steps to be able to pursue. So that's super helpful. Um, one more question before we let you go. What general advice would you maybe add in terms of things school leaders should consider that would support them with observations and feedback um, in their practice? All right, so step one, make getting into classrooms a priority and part of your regular routine. Um, I would say to put a realistic time on your calendar daily if possible and keep that time uninterrupted. Uh, make sure the office staff knows you're in classrooms supporting teaching and learning and that you should not be interrupted unless there's an extreme extenuating circumstance. Now, if daily um, and ongoing classroom visits is already part of the school culture, you've already got a great start. If not, start to build that into the culture of the school. Communicate your intention with purpose that as a lead learner, you'll be visiting classrooms, learn alongside teachers and students 
to help grow practice and improve outcomes for students. This culture building is a topic I'm sure you have for another day, uh, but suffice it to say, getting into classrooms is a necessary starting point. And if that's new, then teachers will need to know your intention. Now, prior to going into classrooms, set an intention for yourself for observations as I described in the, based on the earlier question there. Um, I can tell you from personal experience, classroom visits and observations are so much more purposeful when you have a focus and intention for the visit. And while you're getting comfortable in internalizing the value of the 5D, you can actually start to provide simple feedback statements to teachers, keeping it strengths and evidence-based. Start to hone your lens on the cause and effect relationship between teacher practice and an outcome for students. As you, review, as you review your observation notes and take note of something the students did or said, um, ask yourself, what did the teacher do to cause that? Was it planning for engagement? Was it the teacher's prompt? Think about the power of a feedback statement, however you might provide that, whether it be a post-it note left on the teacher's desk, a note in the teacher's mailbox, email if that's applicable to your context. Um, think about that feedback that helps the teacher see what they did and what students were able to do as a result of that teacher's action. Um, Evidence-based means keeping your opinion out of it, and if it's strengths-based, it should be well-received. Uh, you know, so really, those are my suggestions for a starting point with observation and feedback. Uh, most importantly, communicate your intention, and if this practice is new, it will soon be realized that your intention is to be supportive and to serve as a partner you know, for the teachers to really help them grow their practice and positively impact student learning. Joe, it's always inspiring to listen to you talk about observation and feedback and instructional frameworks. And we're so grateful that you were our first guest on Principles for Principles. Thanks for being here today. Well, you're very welcome. Yeah, I, I, I really believe in this fully. And I really believe the 5D is just, a, just really like hones your lens on what you're seeing um, aligned to high quality teaching and learning. So happy to talk about it anytime. Thanks Thank for having you. me. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Principles for Principles. Want more leadership resources? You can subscribe to our Today's Informed Principle, or what we'd like to call our tip sheet, using the link in the podcast show notes. If you have feedback or want to give us a shout out on today's episode, tweet us at SD underscore principles. We'd love to hear from you. Join us again next time for more school leadership tips. Thanks for listening.